So I, I like to refer to it as work-life integration um, rather than work-life balance. I think balance is a little bit of a misnomer, but I think for women, um, it's imperative because we don't have the luxury to choose one or the other if we want to be successful in our careers. Um, we don't usually get to put the life part um, to the side. So I think work-life integration is imperative for women um, who, who want to be successful in multiple realms. Welcome to Through the Tunnel, a Game Change Productions podcast that dives into sports and the life lessons that can be learned from them. The podcast is inspired by the book of the same name, written by Game Change co-founders Paul McDonald and yours truly, Jack Barrage. On the show today, Paul and I are joined by USC women's basketball coach, Lindsay Gottlieb. Coach Gottlieb was the first woman NCAA head coach who coached in the NBA. We discussed with her how she finds balance between being the coach of a major basketball program with having a young family. We hope you enjoy the show and please check us out at GameChangeNation.com or on one of our social media pages. So coach, as we're sitting here talking, uh-huh. uh, you're going to be welcoming a new member of your family yep. into, uh, into the equation. Uh, yeah, how, how do you do that? You know, you're going to have a baby, uh, and, but you're also simultaneously coaching yep. the women's basketball program at USC. How do, how do you get it done? I mean, there's no other option for me than to just figure it all out. Um, people have asked, oh my gosh, you're still working? Like, I can't see myself doing anything else. And, I, and I'll probably be here up until the moment I go into labor. I think everyone's reality is different and everyone's comfort zone is different. I don't think there's one right way to do it. And I certainly don't judge, you know, women who do it differently. For me, when we had our son, it was in May. So I was able to take a little bit more of a typical maternity because May and June are a little bit more of a downtime in college athletics. But... You know, right now, um, this team is my priority. Uh, we're in a critical stage of, I think, building this program. And at the same time, I'm not going to sacrifice the way I want to be a mother or the, the way that our family um, wants to interact with one another. So I have to figure it out. My guess is that the baby will come and I'll take some time away, um, but not a ton just because I want both things are really important to me. Compare how different it is for women than men in our society to have this life-work balance thing that we're talking about. Um, women are expected to be the one who's raising the kids and all that. We have these societal expectations. How do you how do you manage that part of it, or how do you think women in general should try and manage that part of it? Well, I think I can speak more to my experience. It, it's hard, you know, you speak in generalities a little bit, but it was interesting. Um, for example, when I was in the NBA and I worked with you know mostly men, there's a ton of travel in the NBA. There's a ton of time. Uh, that necessitates being away from families. Uh, and there's no question my male colleagues, you know, loved, love their kids, right? And love their jobs too, just like me. But I think there's a little bit of a different feeling. Um, you know, I wasn't going on a road trip being like, okay, my, my husband's got everything on lock at home and I'm going to do this. I think that's a little bit more of a reality f- for men. Again, I'm speaking in generalities. For me, it was more like, okay, how do I do both? Um, and how do I do both the way that I want to? And that's just, I think, something that women have to think about um, all the time. Um, I don't know. It's just the way that we're wired. That said, I don't have a typical marriage. I, I, don't, I, I don't think my husband and I are fit too many stereotypes either. Uh, you know, he knows that I'm not going to be home cooking dinner, you know, doing maybe the old school traditional thing. But a lot of women aren't. And, and again, there's no judgment on women who do that. We just have to balance it and manage it. Um, we have to multitask. And and also, we have a lot of help, right? Like, that's just the way that we're going to raise our kids. We're super involved, but we have nannies and a no pair and people helping. 
um, which it, it, for us allows us to do it the way that we want to. One thing I also would be remiss if I didn't say, it's been easier for me to have had children um, once I got to the stage in my career where I was the boss, right, the head coach. And so I try to make the environment that way, you know, for my assistant coaches as well. I had an assistant coach last year with a with a young son, and I tried to provide her with the flexibility that I had um, and just because I think you know, not everyone has the luxury to create their own schedule or to, you know, bring the, bring their kid when they want to or figure it out. Um, and, and I've been very fortunate in the places that I've worked where my bosses and the administration has allowed me to do it the way that I'm comfortable doing it. I think that's better for my, for my team. And I think that's better for my family. I have a confession to make. So I was offered a coaching position, an assistant coaching position in college football when I retired from the NFL. Uh -huh. And I turned it down. Uh -huh. And the reason I turned it down is because I, I know how coaches are. They can get crazy. And the expectations around the profession of, you know, what's success? Well, you, you got to win, you know, and if you don't win. So how do you take, how do you manage that yeah. along yeah, with like having, having, having a life as a human being? Right. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I come from a family of, of lawyers. I'm the youngest of four kids. Um, you know, our dinner table conversations were often about, someone's case, and I've joked with, you know, my father when he was alive and my sister who's a law professor, I was like, you know, whatever you do, right, you try and do your job well, there's a path, like, you're probably not gonna get fired, right? It, like, just for performance or something. I was right. like, I'm choosing a career where, you know, if an 18-year-old kid doesn't doesn't make a basket or doesn't, doesn't make the right <laughs> decisions, I could get fired, so we joke about that a little bit. I mean, look, ultimately, it's a really unique profession. Um, I don't think coaches can get crazy. I think coaches generally are crazy, right? It's a different <laughs> wire thing. Um, it's a really unique lifestyle, um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, mean, I started coaching, ch coaching when I was 21 years old, right after I graduated college, and every single day that I've gone to an, to an office for my entire adult life, I said, I, I can't believe I get paid to do this. And that's a pretty phenomenal feeling. Now, that doesn't mean there haven't been really hard days, days where I've been hurt, angry, crying, happy, you know, every emotion in the world, but that's, you know, you want something that you're that passionate about. Um, I just think it's unique and you have to be able to, on your own, figure out how to manage your emotions relative to your life, your profession. Like I said, this integration, this balance, you know, the NCAA can put in a recruiting shutdown, which they have in women's basketball, because I think some women were leery of how much time it takes away from family. And that's great, but for me, there's no outside regulatory body that can make it better or worse for me. It has to come internally with what you decide, you know, are your priorities and how you wanna be and managing your own stress and managing your own expectations. But the best way to explain it is just, you, you have to go, you know, full tilt into it with the best mindset possible to try and be the best that you can at this career without completely losing your mind, you know, and that's, and remembering your role. I'm, I'm here to mentor other people. I'm here to be competitive and try to win, but really in college athletics, we're, we're, we're trying to grow young people and give them the best opportunities well, possible. Well, and you, you knew early on this is what you wanted to do, right? And, and, and In college, yep. Right, in college, and you had an injury, and I think you, I think your mother passed. Yep. That's correct. Yep. And so that was probably a defining moment for you. you went to Australia to yes. kind of figure things out, maybe. And is a that bit. when you, yeah. is that when you like, because, you know, when you peel the onion back and you really understand what the underlying motivation is, sure. and strong enough, then. Yep. I, yeah, make it I would work. say two, the two major life things my senior year of high school, I tore my ACL. And the end of my freshman year of college, my mother passed away. So those, at the time, for a 19 year old, those are like the, you know, dramatic. Two, yes, two kind of. 
dramatic and traumatic things that, that happened, but it, it, it forced me, and, and, I, and I'm, this part I'm grateful for, it forced me to kind of look holistically and think big picture at a younger age than maybe um, you're, you're often asked to. Uh, and then the other thing that was happening at the time was I was involved in college athletics, and many of my peers, both where I was at Brown, but at other schools in different sports, who were college athletes had you know, wildly divergent experiences. Some were super happy and some were miserable. And usually it had to do with how they felt about their coach or their team, mm. not about what the dorm food tasted like, not about how many people were in their organic chemistry class, right? Um, and so it, and, and then I also was sort of becoming aware of what goes into being a coach. Wow, you get to do X's and O's for a living and impact people like this. So all those things going on at once, not quite being the player that I thought I might be, like not having the actual career because of the injury and I'm watching a lot from the sideline and losing my mom and spending a little time abroad, right, which the Ivy League kind of allowed me to do, and thinking about, you know, the impact coaches have on people all sort of led me that at some point um, in my junior year of college uh, and then into my senior year, I knew that I wanted to get into college coaching, um, and that, that's, that's what I focused on. So I, was, I, I feel fortunate that I found a calling um, that young, even if some hard stuff got me there. Uh, and, and then I've also been in a position throughout my career where I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't want to. It's not like it was really great for five years and I've been trudging along the rest of the way. I've had so many different interesting experiences and I've been motivated along the way. And this this move to the NBA for a couple years, I think I, I just could not be more grateful for that opportunity. I think every coach should be able to like shift gears and do something a little bit different because it was an incredible experience and I would have stayed longer if not for this opportunity at USC, but it's made me better in kind of round two as a head coach in college, I think, because I've had other experiences. So, um, so yeah, I've been drawn to it since I've been 20, 21 years old. You know, on the subject of mentoring, because you mentioned mentoring, and we're, we are talking about life balance, do you impart the wisdom of your life to your young ladies that you're coaching, and how do you mentor them to finding those things that you've figured out along the way? I think most of my perspective is informed my, by my own life experiences. So yeah, it's not every day that I'm telling them a story, hey, when this happened to me in my life or when I was in college or this is exactly, because I don't think people relate to that as much. Um, I, I think what my own life experiences allows me to better put myself in someone else's shoes and be empathetic. There are times certainly when, you know, a recruit or a current player tears their ACL, I can literally say, I've been there and it makes you stronger or whatever it might right. be. Um, but more, or if someone loses someone important to them, I can, you know, say I've been there, but more so just like the different things and life experiences I've had allow me, I think, to relate and be empathetic and, and, and be there for people in whatever stage of their existence. Um, I think when you can use your own life experiences to make someone feel like they have someone who can help them through theirs is more valuable than just like, well, this is what happened to me. Right. No. And, and I, for student athletes today, yeah, it's crazy. And you, you lived it. I lived it. Uh -huh. You didn't. I did not. Uh, but I lived I mean, in the fraternity house. Uh -huh. Another type of crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was just like, well, what time are we going uh, to the nine right? Right. Uh, but uh, you know, the the pressure's on. I mean, you've sure. got to perform well in school. You've got the expectations on the court, um, and to be a good, good citizen. And uh, you've got family trying to fit that in. But there's just on the go all the time. Sure. So. And I think we have, as coaches have to be aware that their lives are different than ours, right? I've seen some coaches where I don't resonate with this as much who, you know, if they're sort of stuck in what it was like 25 years ago and they can't 
get why student athletes now, I mean, student athletes now have more than what we had. Like there's more money, there's more opportunity, there's more food, there's more resources, which is all great. It doesn't mean they're happier and it doesn't mean their life is easier. And I think that you do a disservice to these young people before saying, well, back in my day, you know, we had to walk 20 miles and we didn't have NIL and we didn't have, <laughs> it doesn't help them, right? I think right. the more, the better we can do is evolve and say, okay, what are they going through? Um, and, and we've all had to challenge ourselves with that. I have a great friend who happens to be a sports psychologist. She was my um, college teammate. And we talked at one point, she made a great point to me. She said, well, some of the stuff that, it doesn't matter what, what, how we see it or what we think, like if their brains aren't formed enough in certain cognitive ways to be like, this, you're going to get through this. This is going to get better. We have to, we have to tell them that. Like, we have to be there for them. Like, that's really important. Um, and, when, and, and when she and I talked about that, that, that resonated with me because, you know, maybe at my age, I can see that something might not be that big of a deal or might not be forever. But when you're 18, 19, it feels like forever or it feels like, you know, really terrible. One thing that I think really impacts a young person's trajectory of how successful they are in college is their av ability to deal with adversity. We don't get to tell someone what their own personal adversity feels like. Maybe for someone it's the first time in their career not starting. You know, maybe adversity is a breakup. Maybe it's pressure from a parent. Maybe it's, you know, I'm the star and now I'm expected to score 20 points and that's hard. I mean, there's a number of different things, but regardless of what the adversity looks or feels like to them, their ability to kind of manage that is a huge indicator of how successful they're going to be. And so the, the more ways in which we can help them to deal with that adversity, then the better we're going to be as coaches. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Through the Tunnel. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. It'll really help others who love sports and the lessons they provide to find the show and together create Game Change Nation, a community that is dedicated to lifting each other up. Also, we'd love to hear your stories, so please visit GameChangeNation.com or any of our social media pages to give us your take on sports and life. And finally, check out our book, Through the Tunnel, which is now available on Amazon. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.